And I really think technology is an enabler for those that want to be enabled, right? For those that want to learn, for those that want to grow, for those who are looking for new ways and new opportunities to either enhance their career, enhance their their um, relationships with their clients, with their contractors. And in order to do that, there is no one that's going to be able to uh, show you the way. If you are an irrigation professional, old or new, who designs, installs, or maintains high-end residential, commercial, or municipal properties, and you want to use technology to improve your business, to get a leg up on your competition, even if you're an old-school irrigator from the days of hydraulic systems, this show is for you. Good morning, guys. What's going on today? This is your host, Andy Humphrey back for another episode of truck talk (laughs) i don't know why i call it truck talk but anyway here i am in the truck driving to work i'm already about halfway there had a little trouble getting this mic connected up this morning and uh i wanted to tell you both a story and sort of a an epiphany i had this weekend i was down in detroit at my daughter's volleyball game actually both my daughters had volleyball tournaments but they were at different locations so I was with my 11 year old and my wife was with our 15 year old and we pretty much sit either on the bleachers or in our kind of beach chairs if you will on the sidelines and we sit while they're playing and we sit while they ref and we sit while they wait so yeah we pretty much sit all day and you can entertain yourself on your phone or you can get a little work done you know, but basically you're sitting in a chair and you're on a device. And for me, when I'm in those places, my mind starts, you know, my mind doesn't shut off. It keeps going. And so I had this epiphany about technology and I started thinking about a little bit about sort of my story and how I first got involved with irrigation technology. And the big epiphany I had, which again, I think that if you're listening to this, you probably already know this because you've found this podcast looking for either landscape technology, irrigation technology, or just sprinklers in general. But if you found this podcast, you're likely already an early adopter of technology because 90% of the green industry is not out there searching for podcasts. So kudos for that. But it also just goes to show that I believe technology is an enabler. Technology unlocks new opportunities that didn't exist before. And so if we can think of it like that, we don't really know what kind of opportunities are ahead for us in the green industry and as professional irrigators and landscapers. And so the best thing you can do, this is my recommendation, is to jump right in head first. And I wanted to sort of give you an example of what that means by jumping in head first. If, if technology is going to open new opportunities, and these opportunities weren't there a year ago, a month ago, a week ago, then there's also no one to show you how it works. There's no one to tell you how to use it. There's no one to hold your hand through these new opportunities that technology can unlock because we are creating them as we go. And I think that that sort of uh, epiphany I had this weekend I was reminded because one of the first times I got involved with irrigation technology was back in 2000, 
well, there was two examples, but the first one was back in about 2002. This was in Baltimore, Maryland. And my good friend, Paul Bassett, who was just on Friday's episode, who you're going to get to know more and more, is also an early adopter of technology. And he sold one of the early two-core systems. I believe this was a Flowmaster system. It was a mansion outside Baltimore. I'm not going to say the name, but it was about 70 zones of residential, all two-wire. And this Flowmaster was down in the basement. And if you've ever tried to program one of those first two-core systems, it is definitely not easy. And just like most manufacturers in this industry, instruction manuals often aren't very clear. And so we sort of figured out this system by trial and error. But it was um, it was a lot of yeah trial and error, but also trial and error meaning coming back to the site. So we must have come back to the site and gone down into this basement, you know, a dozen times. Not just on site that day, but I mean, set it. We think it's going to run. Client says, "Hey, it's not watering," and we come back and we figure it out slowly over time. We became experts at the system by trial and error because it was such new technology that there really wasn't a lot of information out there for us to use. You know, at that time, uh, John Deere Landscapes was very helpful for us. Give some kudos to Jerry Schmidt, who was uh, definitely helpful in helping us figure it out. Um, but it was one of those, you know, Paul was excited, we sold this system, and then we just had to figure out how to program it and make it work. And we did, but it took some time. Now, the second example, which is very similar, was just a couple years later, I want to say probably 2004, I was the quote-unquote uh, Toro Sentinel salesperson, if you will, for, for this Toro distributor in Maryland when... Uh, when Toro had just purchased Icon and was rolling out the Sentinel product, and you know we were chasing cities and municipalities and and those sorts of retrofit clients, and we we had a close customer of the distributor that was buying a lot of Toro red iron equipment and such and sprinklers, and we ended up being able to secure the funds to. Uh, retrofit the city's control systems, and I don't remember how many controllers they had. Let's just for let's just say they had 15. And the Sentinel system, as awesome as it was, and, and perhaps could be today, I'm not very familiar with it uh, in today's technology, was really based on, on radio. And we would do some confusing, some awesome and confusing things like set up hubs connected to the internet, radio out to the field satellite, then radio over to a map too. And, and again, it, we, we sort of figured this out trial and error by setting a program Coming back the next day, <laughs> seeing if the program ran, having the client uh, give us feedback. And again, it was uh, thankfully for me, I was living in um, Annapolis, Maryland at the time. And this particular city was just about halfway between where the office was and where I lived. And so I had the opportunity to sort of babysit the project, one of the first controllers, by stopping at the site on my way to work or on my way home from work and correcting over time the things that we didn't know in order to get this technology to function. And at the end of the day, it did function. It functioned great, but we had to be sort of patient and we had to uh, learn what we didn't know. Um, and maybe that's another you know sort of good way to look at this is sometimes, well, oftentimes you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, when technology is opening these new opportunities, the only thing stopping us is sort of our own curiosity and our own sometimes maybe fear of failure 
Uh, and one thing I tell myself that I'll tell you guys too is, is there really is no failure. The only failure is really the person who's not willing to try or who gives up too soon or who assumes that uh, there's something wrong with the product and it's the product's fault. And from my experience working with uh, specifically irrigation control systems, it's 95% user error. And so what we really need to do collectively is, you know, stop, think about what we're doing, uh, ask questions, uh, try new things uh, to, to figure out how to do things. Because again, technology is opening up these new doors. There's no one here to guide us, to hold our hand, to show us how it works. And so you all as early adopters, like I said, I, I believe most of you are early adopters because you've found this podcast, which means you're already on the front side of technology. The best thing we can do is is just dive in head first. And, uh, you know, it's almost like we're going to, you know, jump out of an airplane and build the parachute on the way down. I think that's the analogy, something like that. But yeah, we just got to, first thing we got to have to do is sell it. And then the second thing we have to do is figure out how to make it work. And it will work. Most of these technologies absolutely work if you're willing to put in the time. And one of the things I've experienced bringing baseline technology to market over the last 15 years is there are definitely all kinds of people and all kinds of personalities. And it's been really interesting for me to see those people that will embrace something brand new like the two core, like Sentinel, like baseline, et cetera, that almost, it's almost like they're not afraid of what they don't know. And, and personally, I am one of these people too. And then there's those people that want to take all of the training classes before they ever go to a site, or they want the manufacturer's rep to come to the site, to hold their hand because they're too afraid to, to not know something. And sometimes Actually, most of the time, you're really not going to know everything, and that's totally okay. It's, you know, it's the fear of not knowing that will stop you. And just in life, you're never going to know everything. There's no way we could sit in a training class and I could teach you everything you needed to know about baseline before you go out to the site to help the contractor. And the, the, really the best thing you can do is have your know who your resources are, know who your contacts are, are be a willing participant in the process. And sometimes what we need, I'll speak for the manufacturer side of things, is we just need clear vision onto the site. We don't need to be there. Actually, 99% of the time, there's no need to have a manufacturer come to a site. If we have someone on the site who has a cell phone, this is 2021, everyone on the site has a cell phone. And quite frankly, most people can even do a video conference through like FaceTime or Skype and those types of tools can be super helpful. And that's sort of the, the takeaway that I've seen is there's different personalities. Some are willing to jump in head first, go out to the site, figure out what they don't know, troubleshoot the problems, get the manufacturer's rep on the phone. And they're not afraid to be an expert. I, I think they might be more of a, a learner mindset. And, and yeah, so I think that, that those are kind of some of the things that were going on in my head this weekend while I was sitting in the chair uh, watching this volleyball tournament and, of course, paying attention to the volleyball. But at the same time, you know, thoughts were rolling through my mind. And I really think technology is an enabler for those that want to be enabled, right? For those that want to learn, for those that want to grow, for those who are looking for new ways and new opportunities to either enhance their career, enhance their, their um, 
relationships with their clients, with their contractors. And in order to do that, there is no one that's going to be able to uh, show you the way. And so you got to find the way uh, on your own and be willing to, you know, get in the game, dive right in and see where this technology can take us. And I'm not just speaking about irrigation, you know, controls technology. It's technology in general. You know, when was the last time you got really creative with a Google Sheet? <laughs> just as a side example, there's so many really cool tools out there that that can do awesome, awesome things for your your daily routine and your efficiency um, as a as a as a professional. So that's uh, kind of my two cents. Technology is enabler if you're willing to learn and participate. And so, yeah, jump jump right in and uh, let's see where technology can take us. And uh, that's all I had today, guys. So go out, have fun, be safe. And until the next episode, happy sprinkling, and we'll talk to you then.